With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighter side for your free trial. just not full enough my, <laughs> my eyes they're just um, they're not big enough I just I want to look I want to look like a little anime porn star and my titties my titties just have these weird little nippy nips on the tips I can't all right um let me just go under some knives rip it up my face yeah rip it rip it rip it up oh now I just look like a mummy I love it thank you doctor and you are welcome Miss Nelson welcome to the brighter Side everyone, that was Amber Nelson, Eddie Tunes, Eddie What's Larson. Going down, brother? I'm Cena John, Samantha Stubbsworth, all as always, are is with us, and Julia John's joining us tonight. Hello, because I was hanging out, and Cena said, Come, come in the back, yeah, because this is a very special show tonight. My brother is our guest, our, our main guest, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're oh, <laughs> what's up guys oh yeah you're the first uh brother on the show man all right i, I like being I, sibling i had my sibling cousin on man. but you know that doesn't count <laughs> dr doesn't count. Uh, dr amir mahan Gaznavi. i have a stage name let's be honest i can't be associated with my brother yeah. doc how should people uh like refer to you during the show tonight do you like to be called dr Gaznavi? do you like to be called amir <laughs> big doc plastic surgeon mike master Either one, you know, I tell my patients, call me Amir, call me Doc. I just don't like Sir. Sir makes me feel, like, too old. Yeah. I get that sometimes. Like you're going to cut him up or something. <laughs> um, now, Dr. Magic Hands, so you are a, a plastic surgeon living in the center of America. You must get a lot of clients coming to you uh, with crazy requests. What's, like, one of the weirdest requests you've gotten for a man or a woman? Just, like, from purely cosmetic reasons uh you know everybody has uh something in their life that usually bothers them um that you know when you have uh, a body that you look at day in and day out and uh, you some people um, will become obsessed about certain things so um it could be something as as small as uh, a mole uh, on your face 
that you know you've been looking at for say 16 or 17 years to the size of your areolas of your breasts. So I judge a lot of women by the size of their areolas. <laughs> yeah, what do you like? I prefer ones? a pepperoni. You like, like a big, a big, right? big old pepperoni. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. it, man. It's on, uh, it's, it, but I, you know, the little ones are great too. Yeah, listen, I'm they're not better discriminating. To, they're better to chew on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen like a like a someone go in your office and they they make an outlandish request? Like, I would like my nose just completely chiseled off or something kind of like I will not do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, there's uh, there's just usually a time when you try to tell patients, you know, there's certain things that you can do. Um, usually my out for those patients that come in with really outlandish requests are that I just, you know, look them in the eye and I say, you know, I don't think I can meet your expectations for what you're looking for. Um, and you may have to find another surgeon that really probably be more equipped and more capable of doing that. Yeah, go to, go to Mexico. I, a friend of mine used to go to Mexico for yeah. discount plastic surgery, and I was like, I think that's one of those things you uh. shouldn't skimp on. <laughs> Doc, Doc yeah, do you give Mexico I, I, referrals? I do. all the time. You know, if you're going to go over general anesthesia, it's not one of those uh, Groupon kind of things. You, know, <laughs> you should try to, shouldn't price shop when it comes to surgery. You should just go with the relationship you feel with your doctor and whoever you feel most comfortable with. So, Doc, tell me a little bit about one of the things that is amazing to me is how long you've been training to be a plastic <laughs> yeah. surgeon. And I think Correct. it's pretty amazing because everyone thinks when I tell them you're a plastic surgeon, they're like, oh, he must be rolling in the dough. Yeah, and I'm uh, like, he's actually still training after yeah. how many years is it now? Now, this will be my ninth year of training. Uh, that's just um, st my ninth year of training will be my nine years since I left medical school. So that doesn't count medical school or uh, <laughs> obviously college or... And how uh, long is medical school? Medical school is four years. Uh, <laughs> that's after so, normal uh, college. That's after normal college. And then there's high school too. <laughs> yeah, I, fortunately, I did need to get my high school degree. Uh, I moved on. And you were a failure and didn't skip any grades. Uh, it's correct. I, I was just a normal <laughs> high school guy. Uh, and then after college... Uh, I actually went and did a post-baccalaureate because I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go to medical school. So Damn. spent a couple of years kind of spinning the wheels. Uh, so that count for a couple more years. So I'm, I've got a lot of years of education and training under my Rem belt. Remember that time uh, you were doing your post-bac after college and you were having a very difficult time in your life and you were really yes. trying to figure out if you were wanted to be a doctor or not and we were having dinner? And I was like, well, why don't you go to the porn business? <laughs> and you got so angry with me. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine why that would be a good suggestion. <laughs> What's funny now is I would probably make the same joke, I think. <laughs> when do you get I would to actually consider it now. <laughs> <laughs> when do you get to look at your first dead body? Like in medical school? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, the first time I actually had, came across somebody who died was uh, – was actually in my third year of medical school. Oh, that was yeah. That was uh, you know when you see somebody die, it really kind of starts to hit home. So oh, you uh, watched it. It wasn't just a cadaver they wheeled into the room. No, well, cadavers. I, I actually, uh, yeah. I mean, we did that first year of medical school, but I don't really. For some reason, there's a detachment there. You know, a cadaver. I don't really look at it as a dead body. I just kind of look at it as no light know, in the eyes. Just a, yeah, kind of on just some living or some dead tissue. Yeah. It's trash. When you, actually, when you see somebody talking and then they, well, they're oh, not geez. talking, 
then that's really you're like wow mm. and is the five grams thing true when you die you 21 21 grams 21 grams Damn. <laughs> I have no clue I've never gone through the whole process of oh. uh, watching someone decay or whatever how long yeah. does it take for a body to stink let's to be honest stink? yeah to start stinking yeah I usually by the time someone passes away we try to they, they go straight to the morgue um, you know you don't really leave for religious purposes and just for sanitary purposes your body's probably gone I don't, I'm not sure I can't give you an answer mm. to that. has somebody ever made a weird request to you on their deathbed you know they're like just go to Disney World for me <laughs> <laughs> you know, surprisingly the one the one time uh, just you know, just morbid kind of thing you know people some people when they're die when they're dying when they're real young can kind of see it pass away kind of quietly uh, those kind of things that are more I think popularized in movies and stuff I, I've never really had an experience with somebody asking for anything weird but uh, it just ends it's very unglamorous yeah it's kind of unglamorous I mean sometimes when some older older people that I've seen pass away it, you know it's just kind of like they close their eyes and you know they're not there and then um, I've had some younger people pass away and they you know some people were like crying and screaming before they just just stopped you ever been there when someone comes back? Uh, yeah. What's uh, that like? Uh, you know, it's they're usually, by the time they come back, they don't kind of like, you know, they don't kind of open their eyes and like jump out of bed and walk out of the room. That was crazy. Like, oh, did you <laughs> see that? Did you see the light? Because I saw the light. That was fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, most people are usually, by that time, heavily medicated and heavily sedated. Very you know? sleepy. Yes. They're not waking up. So they're usually in intensive care units. But yeah, we brought people back, unfortunately. You know, once your brain has been without oxygen for an extended period of time, uh, prognosis. What's the time on that? Yeah, you can't really go longer than five, six minutes. Uh, five minutes without oxygen. That's more than I thought. Yeah. And that's uh, that after that, you start getting what, brain damage and stuff? Yeah, anoxic injury. That's kind of what happened to. Um, uh, Joan Rivers. Oh, no. you know, oh. Yeah, she had uh, anoxic <laughs> brain damage from being without oxygen. Damn. Oh man! So we we were kind of briefly mentioning this before the show. Uh, you you just talked about br- seeing a patient come back to life. Mm. There is the uh, the concept of a lot of surgeons, not just plastic surgeons, but the God complex. Uh, is this something that? Uh, when did you first discover it, and how have you dealt with it, if ever? Yeah, no, absolutely. You feel, uh, I think in plastic surgery, you don't, you, I think for me, because I'm on kind of the infancy of my career, I don't really come across that too often now. But for general surgery, you definitely come across it more often because you're dealing with life and death. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, once you bring a couple people back to life or, you know, they're on the edge of death and they, you know, they're walking out of the hospital a couple weeks later. You feel like you can tackle the world. Do you so, feel like you dunked on them? Yeah. <laughs> like in a pickup game of basketball? Or you, don't feel like, you feel like you beat death. Uh, you feel yeah. like... You mm-hmm. feel Fucking like shit in the devil's there mouth. Isn't, yeah, there isn't anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you feel like there isn't really anything that they, that they could have that you can't get them out of. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, after you have a couple people pass away, it's pretty, you know... It's pretty traumatic. For me, it was pretty traumatic. That was one of the reasons I decided I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do, you know, cardiothoracic surgery, which is heart surgery, or some other form of surgery that's really, 
that involves a lot of dying. I wasn't so keen on that. Mm. I'm not really a big fan of watching people pass away. Now, when you're so. performing surgery or even delivering news to the patient's family members, is there a certain element of removing the emotions from yourself? I tend to do that. I tend to become more robotic. Uh, it's very difficult to deliver scientific information for somebody who's just passed. You know, passed away. I can tell you their parameters, but you know that's part of the training in in all of medical school, and, and they try to teach you to become as empathic as possible to family members. But that's probably one of my the hardest things to do is to be. You know, to try to empathize with uh, the family members as they just lost a loved one. So mm. it's very difficult to do. But uh, isn't that uh, what nurses are for? <laughs> yeah, no, the nurses are great. I, you know, they're really the angels of the hospital. You know, they they really are with the patients all the time, and they actually are with patients more often than doctors are. So, mm. do you, you ever know, see a doctor you know, get? Do you ever, ever see, see a doctor get get it on with a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, there's, uh, you know, I spent 100 hours a week in, in a hospital. Um, and there's, you know, it's kind of like the TV shows. You know, you spend so much time and there's young people. and So by saying, did you ever see a doctor with a nurse, you're really saying you just looked at yourself in the mirror with a nurse. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what that means, but yes, possibly. <laughs> Now, do, like, general surgeons have a, are they kind of pissed off at plastic surgeons? You know what I mean? Like, does a heart surgeon look at a plastic surgeon differently? Yes. There is definitely a uh, uh, kind of a tiered system of how every subspecialty of surgery looks at their own or other subspecialties, for sure. Yes. What's the, the highest? Percep percep perception of surgeons, of plastic surgeons, are that they... Uh, are skin doctors or skin surgeons who tend to um, not like to work, like to be on the golf course, like to do a lot of cosmetic surgery. Perception of heart surgeons are that they're all, um, you know, huge egos who, you know, uh, are not the friendliest people in the world. Every, every subspecialty has their own kind of type, for sure. What about brain surgeons? What do people think about brain surgeons? <laughs> Yeah, neurosurgeons are definitely the weirdest type. Huh. I think are the more are the I oddest type of surgeons. The they're just kind of yes, your brain really, is so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> they're beautiful. I mean, they're like as far as the the type of anatomy they, they see, it's super super complicated, and they're usually brilliant people, but they are just most of the neurosurgeons I've met are really just odd, kind of socially awkward people. Hmm. So that's just a. And now Probably you, an overgeneralization, but that's how I feel about neurosurgeons. I'm I would like, say I, I feel the same way just you know by hearing the word neurosurgeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, neurosurgeons. Now um, uh, you or, work in orthopedic a surgeons are usually the jocks everybody knows in orthopedic because <laughs> <laughs> they're usually like really hefty people, like big dudes. So everybody kind of makes fun of them because they just know bones. What like, about butthole everybody. surgeons? What about butthole surgeons? Yeah. Colorectal surgeons are usually women, more likely. Oh. Uh, Tiny uh, fingers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, colorectal uh, it really caters to more women going into the subspecialty because there's not as many emergencies. Um, the uh, it's just a kind of a, a nicer lifestyle, um, and it allows for you know good training. So. 
nicer um, lifestyle. You're staring at someone's like opened up ass. Right. Yeah, it's a job no life, one wants. Yeah, lifestyle being like you don't really take call for colorectal surgery. You're not there's no colorectal emergency short of like even a hemorrhoid is done the next day. There's really not uh, something that so pressing that you have to run into the hospital for. Uh, but a cardiothoracic surgeon has to you know has to do an emergency um, heart surgery or some other type of surgery. Whereas colorectal, not necessarily. So you work in a hospital now, correct? I do. I and do, yeah. Do you have to do emergency room duty? Uh, I do take call, yes. I uh, take call for uh, on hand, uh, which is basically any sort of injury to the hand. And I also take call for face, which is soft tissue injuries to the face and bony injuries to the so face. So when you say call, just for our audience and stuff, it means like basically you could be anywhere or like you're at home or you're at the hospital and you're waiting for like the beeper to go off. Correct. And I it's, you still totally use a beeper. battle ready for... Damn. So you can't get drunk or high or like, you know, be with your wife. <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely can't yeah. be with your wife, but you can get yeah. drunk or high. Yeah, so, so yeah, you can't, you can't, I, I have a personal rule that I do not drink uh, whenever I am on call. Some people actually can have a drink and still do work. I do not. And I take call from homes, meaning that most of my uh, consultations come from the emergency room. They just call me on the telephone, explain to me what the situation is, and I decide if if I actually physically need to go in or if I could just see it the next day. What if have you ever like uh, have you ever been like jerking off and then the call comes in and they're like, "Hey, Doctor Gazzy, we need you." Like, God damn! You can always finish that. You can always finish that off, right? I think it wait. <laughs> take another four minutes. That made you feel never weird, didn't it, Doc? Huh? Never been in that situation. <laughs> Never been in that situation. <laughs> Terrible liar. <laughs> how, how long is being on call? Like, is it eight hours or like two hours? No, it's um, my call starts at uh, six p.m. and it goes till uh, six a.m. the next morning. Damn. And so, when you're on call like that, uh, a lot do you is it good, do you not get called a lot? Um, sometimes I do. It depends on the time of the year. Usually, summertime. There's a lot more hand fractures. Um, From punches. Yeah, facial injuries, hand fractures around the holidays, um, especially like New Year's, July, New Year's, those kind of times. Um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Oh, that's got to be. Drinking holidays are usually, you know, God, St. Patty's Day must be just this shooting fish (sighs) in a barrel for doctors. You ever have to do surgery on a guy who just, on a guy's hand and a guy who he beat up's face like on the same day? Uh, No, but you do have to sometimes operate on like not nice people, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people who are like not the good guys, you know, the bad guys. Do you got, do other doctors talk about that before the surgery and stuff? I do not ask a patient how they sustained an injury or the circumstances in which they came about it. I used to ask cloud my judgment, so I forego that from now on. So I don't care how you broke your hand. I just want you just have a broken hand, and I'm here to fix it. Because if I if I know that like oh yeah I was beating up my mom and or I was beating up my girlfriend and I punched her in the face and now my hand's broken, I'm like ugh. You know, and now I gotta fix, fix your hand. Your hand? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, great! Like, you know, or you know, we had one the other day. Oh, I broke both my feet when I jumped out the window, getting away from the cops when I was beating up my girlfriend. It's like, oh boy, great! Don't so, fucking tell me. 
<laughs> so you know, I don't. I like the ER people try to tell me that. I just, I just, I just cut them off. I just say, okay, so you have, you know, what kind of fracture or something like that. So damn, what's like one of the worst like four a.m. sort of cases you've been to, and there's just like blood everywhere. Ooh, can we guess it? Can we try and guess it? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna. Sk- I'm gonna guess. Uh, well, you're in Detroit, so I'm gonna go ahead. What about like just dog attacks? You get a lot of dog attacks. You do get uh, dog bites to the face. That usually is pretty grim. Not a lot. Not really bloody. Uh, more just uh, soft tissue injuries to the face. They take whole chunks out and shit, right? They do. They do. Mangled faces. Kids. Mangled kids' faces. Really sad. Uh. Yes. On those. And what do you got to do to that? You got to take skin from their ass and put it on their face. No, you know, you just usually move skin around. Just suture things together. Usually, the dogs don't eat the skin, so it's usually. Just a cut in the skin that you just gotta figure out how to put back together. Dogs oh, so you not. just kind of glue it back on and hope it yeah, grows in. Yeah, you just kind of suture it back on. Damn, yes. do they kill glue, the dog? Like what suture mean? Uh, suture is actually the string. Oh, like okay. See, like you see to put back together things. So that's the using string to kind of bring the skin or muscle back together. That's what you kind of do. Damn, have you ever been like on the subway or like in a public place and something? fucked up happens and like is there a doctor in the house and you've got to like yeah. resuscitate somebody no i've never had to resuscitate anywhere but i have been in situations where you know people passed out and you kind of go over and see if they're okay yeah absolutely yeah there were never. so many times bro when you came back from work in 30 hours you were like you wouldn't believe what just happened <laughs> and there was yeah. that lady i remember that fell in the in the uh diner and yes. you were sitting there trying to have breakfast and you were like i had to get up <laughs> and, and walk over to this lady. Yeah. You try. And what what you happened? You have to. Yeah, you try your very best to be as empathic as possible. And you know, all she did was like skip breakfast or something and like didn't have anything to eat and she's sweating and she's not feeling good and you know, sometimes people just need a little TLC. But then you did the rain man shit, which I always like to say that you're like, "Are you pregnant?" Yes. And she was like, ah! God, how'd you know? And he's like, I'm out. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, she was pregnant. She didn't have breakfast. And she, uh, you know, got to eat for two. Damn. So she didn't really eat for two. She ate for none. So she got a little sick. Now, um, asking for a friend, uh, do you ever have to, like, <laughs> do you ever do surgery where you just take um, feet and make them smaller? Could you make smaller feet out of bigger feet? Uh, feet making them smaller? No, yeah. never. No, well, that's feet. a good one. I like that one. That would be an it. You should work on that, Doc. What if people want smaller feet? You know, me? I've heard yeah, a lot of things. Feet, really making, feet making smaller, I've never done. I've made other things. I've made things bigger, but not. Penis? Not. Uh, I have never actually done a penile augmentation before. The specialty uh, doctor. I've read about it, but I've never really. Damn. Do you, now, do you medically have to call it penile, or can you call it a wee-wee penis? <laughs> <laughs> Wee-wee augmentation. People don't usually like the sign of consent that says wee-wee augmentation. Yeah, but you just said it, so we won. I like to call it a hog job. (laughs) I wonder how they get that bigger. What do they do? They just kind of like jerk it off for five hours? Stretch it a bunch. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can stretch to there's uh They tie back. a string to it to put the other end to a door Doors. and slam it. <laughs> <laughs> a little outside of my scope of what I currently practice. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done boob jobs on like a set of really nice tits and at the end you were like, Yeah. Yes. 
There have been times where I've like looked at what I've done and been like, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Now, I know you have this like weird matrix vision of of like human faces now when you walk around. Like I remember you you were over one time you were visiting and you were like looking at me funny. Then you like grab my face and put your either thumb on either side of my nose. You're like, oh, we should get this fixed. And I was like, <laughs> and then since then I've been looking in the fucking mirror, looking at my nose that tries to get off the Jersey Turnpike. And <laughs> but how is that when you're like watching TV or you're watching things and you're just able to see like the imperfections in everything? Yeah, it's really difficult. You know, I've I've uh, dated a couple women who. You know, didn't didn't really always wanted to kind of know about the imperfections and about what's going on. You know, I you know part of my training involves facial analysis, so I know, like I well I should know exactly ratios of how big your eyes should be compared to your nose, where your eyes should sit, how how much of an angle your nose should be to everything else. I mean, it's. All the women are grabbing their faces. (laughs) All the women on the show are freaking out right now. So, Uh, how based on what though? On what standard are you basing? Yeah, it's a matter of opinion. Yeah, but it is all about Uh, like proportion and. Sometimes I like a fucked up face. Yeah, there's just really symmetry to the face, you know. Um, Fifths, thirds, um, you know, your your face should be. In a vertical direction, should be about one third, one third, one third. And in a horizontal, should be one fifth, one fifth, one fifth. Uh, you know, oh like God. you're the 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 angle in which your nose should come up for for men should be about ninety degrees. From your lip to your tip of your nose, for women should be about one hundred five degrees. So women's noses should turn up a little bit. Um, Let me just know, say, I, all you women got all fucked up noses. <laughs> <laughs> You know, everybody has these, like, ideal aesthetics and uh, part of facial analysis to kind of look at someone's face. Now, it's a whole thing, you know, it's not just one number, but, you know, you look at someone's face and, and one of the things you kind of start to realize is that uh, if you split your face in half, one side of the face is not symmetrical to the other side. So everybody's kind of not, you know, you're not a carbon copy from one side Because that's more. why Halle Berry is so attractive because she's super symmetrical. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, the more symmetry, usually the more symmetry the one person has, the yes. more, uh, quote, attractive in, the, in studies they've shown. But are, all, all boobs and all balls are offset, right? There's always yes. a boob that's one boob that's bigger than yes. the other, and always there's I, one nut that hangs a little lower. I call them sisters, and I tell them that you have sisters here. They are not twins, and that once you have surgery, we'll try to make them look like sisters and cousins, but we just don't want them to look like, you know, distant relatives. That's kind of the way I don't it. (laughs) (laughs) you have to tell these people? (laughs) Such an elaborate metaphor for tits. We're going to make your boobies sisters, okay? (laughs) Bye-bye, night-night. So what are the biggest tits you ever made? Largest? Yeah. What size? I mean, this was I a question by popular demand from our fan base. <laughs> <laughs> this was 800, probably 800 cc implant. What does so that mean? That that right? English, <laughs> English, please. 800 cc's. How could I put this? A small, like. Um, Is that a small C? Oh, no, no, no. These are D, D plus. Um, <laughs> Double D's? 
she fall yeah, because over? Because you have to you have to remember that the people who are that I'm operating on aren't as I'm not doing this for cosmetic augmentation. These are women who've had breast cancer who had their breasts removed. Oh, the oh. really funny yeah, job. Yeah, so you Got have it. me feel like an asshole. Yeah, so there we go. I feel much better. Doing now. the Lord's work, my friend. Exactly. So these are women who are are somewhat, you know, are not, you know, they're in their fifties to sixties, they're a little overweight. Mm-hmm. So they don't have, you know, it's not swimsuit models who are. Yeah. Here's know, a question. Can you breastfeed if you have breast implants? Breastfeed uh, a baby? If you have breast implants, there's a possibility that you're, um, you may not be able to breastfeed later on, but you, some people have reported it, yes. Hmm. But yeah, if you are planning on breastfeeding, I always tell patients it's probably a better idea not to have breast implants. What if they just do the uppers? What? What happened? What if you just give them implants on the top or the bottom or something? That would look like a tumor, I think. I kind of like when the boobs are bottom heavy. You mean when they're going a little down? Yeah, just bottom heavy in general. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't look like right when they have their clothes off because what happens is the the (laughs) implants ride so low that the nipples actually point. Oh, they point up. up. Yeah, they point up. Bananas. They oh, banana really tits. <laughs> oh, why'd women, you say that beginning? <laughs> yeah, women, women are not so such a big fan of, I guess, the banana tit deformity. <laughs> Love you saying all these They're words. They're kind of fun. <laughs> I never get them to say these things. Do you go in through the? <laughs> now, do you go in through the nipple, or do you like make an incision under the nipple and like stuff it in there, <laughs> like packing peanuts? For, for augmentation, for cosmetic mm. augmentation, my preferred is to go. Um, below uh, the breast in the intramammary fold, which is the crease right below your nipple. Uh, Place right where none of you girls the, wash. Yeah, right <laughs> below the breast. <laughs> and I also prefer sometimes going through the armpit, depending. Really? On the wow. Seems like a long road. I was going to say, that seems <laughs> yeah, like... The, a- armpit, the armpit's a long road. It's a lot more difficult. You can only get a smaller implant in, but... Uh, you know, some women prefer it there. There's they no don't scars. Want a yeah. Scar on their on their chest. Yeah. Cool. Have you ever done vagina plasty? I have. Oh, uh, that's fucked up. Have, Did she uh, need it? Yeah, she had a lot of excess labia majora. Um, yeah, it looked like a pile of garbage bags. About it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, does like your vagina? Because you said your face had sy- symmetry to it. Is your vagina supposed to have symmetry through it? You know what I mean? Like one third, one third, oh. one third lip. Oh, you know what? Maybe there is. I'm sure there's that up. Uh, I, I can't really. I can't really quote anything. I can just tell you if there's excess labia majora, then we just basically trim it off and resuture. Yeah. Wait, sounds like there's an opportunity for you to write an academic paper on the proper proportions of a, of a I vagina. Have so many papers that I've already written or am writing, I don't yeah. need one more. But, I would be uh, so scared that like you. someone would cut off my clit and be like, "Bye, orgasms." <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, part of the risk of having your uh, labiaplasty is to you lose sensation to certain portions of your labia. Because yeah. you're cutting away yeah. tissue, so there's a possibility of uh, uh, sensory loss, but the catorias were really not very close to. So. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's fucked up. And these girls do it because they feel self-conscious because guys are like, Ugh, "You're it's ugly." And it's you like, just gotta throw your nose yeah. in there and be bold. Your <laughs> orgasm because of that like I've it, never 
I've never really delved into the actual, you know, why they feel that way. Mm. But I'm sure it has to do with, you know, aesthetics, wearing certain types of yeah. you know, underwear. Yeah. Um, if your pussy food. looks like discount ground beef, get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched some documentary and it was some girl, she was like 19, she was getting it done. It was because of what her guy friends would say about <gasps> girls they hooked up with. And it was so, it was, yeah. That's a shame. Now, there do you have like a um, an ethics clause? Say a 19-year-old hmm. girl comes in there and she says, my boyfriend says my vagina's weird. And like, yeah. I want to cut it up. Are you absolutely like, no, I will not do that? Yeah, absolutely. You Good. definitely have a long discussion. Uh, at least I do about what their motivations are, are and what why they're you know having the cosmetic procedure done that they're requesting. And if it looks like it's a partner or a parent or something like that, usually that's you know when you draw the line and tell them that you're not the surgeon for them. How many dads you got buying new tits for their girls? I haven't seen that one. I've seen some dads. Uh, get rhinoplasties or nose jobs for their daughters, but not not so much uh, not so much augmentation. Girl, I went to high school with. She got breast implants for her uh, high school graduation. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, wow. They're just not uh, that yeah. fun. Yeah, you know, getting getting implants when you're a young woman. You know, the usually the shelf life for implants are about ten years. So, That's say you funny. get them when you're you know eighteen years old. By the time you're at least 30, 28, 30 years old. You might be looking at new implants. For oh, yourself. wait a minute. So that means they get old. That means they could break or pop or like something weird. Do right. they go like get moldy? They separate from the meat? <laughs> yeah. There's anytime you have a foreign body implanted in your body, I mean, under your skin, it's fraught with uh, things that can possibly. In that situation, you got to um, tell the patient and understand that they understand the risks and benefits of any procedure. So. Damn. Now, you brought up the timeline. Uh, this is something I wanted to bring up, especially with plastic surgery, uh, because beauty changes. Every 10 or so years, it shifts. Like uh, 10 years or so ago, it used to be the Sharon Stone model with the you know, tiny, high cheekbones. And then yeah. now today, it's a little more uh, the Jennifer, uh, what do you call Lawrence. it? Lawrence model with like the full baby face. Do you ever mm -hmm. get women that have uh, had plastic surgery to reconstruct their face to fix it 10 years ago to more what society thinks is a beautiful and then have to go in and completely redo it today? Yeah, you know, you get that a lot from noses, actually. If you look at some of the earlier noses, you'll have, you'll see these women with these really thin, pinched noses. They're usually turned upwards. I, I kind of call it the 80s nose. You said that so academically. Oh, the 80s nose. Hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like this really thin kind of pencil nose. Bitch um, face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let Skype catch up to us in a, in a second here. Oh. Yeah, because that was super okay. interesting. I'd like okay. to hear what women and men are today. Yeah, no, definitely. I think for, for, for one thing, men have definitely kind of opened up to the idea of cosmetic surgery. I think the new, the new pressures um, from fashion, health-conscious people, you know, there's a lot more pressure on men to kind of look good, uh, um, whether it's for career advancement or for finding a mate or just for personal kind of well-being. But men are definitely, definitely see a lot more men coming in for it. You know, not necessarily just uh, rhinoplasties, but for say tummy tucks and uh, you know, you know, this isn't like Johnny Drama and calf implants, but you still see like a lot of like different things that definitely come in that you wouldn't necessarily see 
um, I'm sure, 10, 15 years ago. You ever have to do a face transplant? I have not. I am really looking for it. I, I, I'm going actually to a hospital, hopefully sometime in the future. Maybe I'll be part of a team that may be oh, able wow. to do that, but uh, I have not wow. actually yeah. been. You know, you know who's not looking forward to the face transplant? The person who is about to get injured so that they need a face transplant. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some, a lot of ethical reasons that are involved with face plant, transplants. You know, these people uh, will obviously not die, whereas if you're going to transplant, say, a kidney or a heart, that's a life-saving procedure. But you could live without, you know, having a face transplant. Um, you just- can live your life you just made me bangled you may have to stay indoors yeah the monkey lady is that a good job or is that a hack job no that was a that was a fantastic job from where she was she had bone loss a lot of skin loss she looked i mean uh that was a lot of work went into making her look good now you you brought up sorry to interrupt but you you brought up a lot of work and this is something that i've always found amazing about your work is that your surgeries don't last just like four hours or five hours they can be 12 to 14 hours yeah i actually uh prefer doing microsurgery which is using a microscope to do small small surgery uh under a high-powered microscope yeah, and the type of surgeries that I do actually will take, they can take up to, you know, I think the longest surgery I, I was a part of took us uh, 20, 20 some hours. We did. And uh, do you go to the bathroom at, the, at any time? You know, I, I can go extended periods of time. I can go about, you know, 10, 12 hours without going to the bathroom. But when it gets to get really long, when it, that surgery, I actually took a break. Went to the restroom, got a Snickers bar, and came back. Ah, uh, that's so. a good plug. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do when they take a break? I mean, like, doesn't are you worried about the fucking hold this, hold this, hold this? I have to pee. I have to pee. Hold this, hold this, hold this, hold this, hold this. No, you know what, man? I get so excited. I get, I have like adrenaline pumping, and you know, what? and you kind of get into like a Michael Jordan sort of zone. Mm. You know, you just like. It's like an orchestra, kind of like you're. You can hear the music, and you're just kind of flowing with the with with everything, and it's just kind of like a rhythm that's happening, and you're just kind of moving along. Interesting. Really that's awesome. crazy. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So I want to I want to talk about um, you. You operate on Eddie. Sure. Yeah. So, did you actually uh, operate so, on me, or was uh, it the I, Russian guy who did it? <laughs> the Russian. Wait. So let's let's get let's get a. <laughs> wait. So. Uh, Doc, we're gonna get an official <laughs> verbal release, uh, a consent, oh, whatever, to achieve uh, HIPAA clearance from this. Edward Larson, do you consent to talk about any and all things related to your procedure uh, tonight? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Look at that. How's that? You feel better, Doc? Sure, I do actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had surgery yet? Yeah, I had a uh, hernia surgery. <gasps> And then, uh, yeah, and Doc, uh, Doc helped me out. He helped me get into the hospital. The uh, I had my workman's comp, but I, you know, it was a weird situation. They weren't being very cooperative, and he helped me. So, really, the question we're all asking is, what do Eddie's nuts look like? <laughs> They're huge. <How? laughs> it's no secret. I, uh, I, 
I've done a lot of hernia surgeries. I do not remember one in particular. Did you take a picture of my junk, man? (laughs) Probably probably not symmetrical at all, right? Yeah. Should I take a little bit off the top, add a little bit to the base? Can you tighten my nuts if I wanted that? (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't require. I don't remember all the details of your surgery, but what I. I mean, from the things I remember, I remember that it was a pretty significant hernia and it had been there for a, a good amount of time. So Six kind of months I lived with that fucker. Yeah, popping in and out because yeah, you're a fucking acrobat in this in bed. <laughs> you could definitely tell that it was pretty stuck in there for sure. Yeesh. Man, pretty stuck in there, Eddie. What does that oh, look man. like? Does it like a look like a alien when it attacks with the head coming out of the <laughs> of the mouth? Yeah. It's actually just the stuff that's in your belly that has kind of sneaked its way through and gone down to your scrotal. So. Uh, uh. Yeah, man. So my intestines actually shot through a wall, and then they went into my nuts. And then whenever uh. I felt my intestines like rubbing on my nuts, I'd have to push it back oh, up inside God. of me. Uh. <laughs> Six months? Six months. We had shows. Oh, my God. It hurt at first. For some some older people, they actually have scrotal supports um, and hernia supports. They'll actually wear a special, like, uh, for men, that is. They'll actually wear, like, a scrotal support. And if it's not painful, people will just kind of live with it. But when it becomes painful, that's when you need to have an operation. Oh, man. Now, I'm um, asking for a friend. What should someone do about uh, hemorrhoids? <laughs> we all have me. hemorrhoids. We, we all have about, about what? I'm hemorrhoids. Preparation H. Oh. oh. Yeah, the first line of treatment for hemorrhoids is um, uh, water, uh, increased fluid intake in your diet. Once you unfortunately have hemorrhoids, um, you'll have them forever unless you get them removed surgically. Most of the time, though, people kind of live with them. They're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, I live Hello? with it. But yeah, know, we... I'm sorry if that's. Yeah, I I don't know if that if you wanted to actually have surgery on them, but if you have uh, a hemorrhoid, usually conservative management with increasing fluid intake and um, you know stool softeners if necessary. So yeah. turn your poo poo into pee pee. Fiber fiber <laughs> cereal every morning. Really? My asshole feels right? like a snitch in Guantanamo yeah, Bay. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, perianal uh, is kind of uh, an issue. So sometimes people will uh, complain about that. But usually just soul softeners include fluid intake. And if it really becomes a problem, there are great colorectal surgeons available. Mm. Have you ever will, had to take anything out of anyone's ass? Yes, yes. I had a uh, a patient who had a um, a vibrator who um, had gone a little too far and a little too aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he did. Do the surgeons kind (laughs) of? Do the surgeons kind of giggle like you know when the doors are closed? After they removed it, after the person's safe and fine, do they kind of like tee hee hee? They had a vibrator in their ass. Yeah. (laughs) There's only certain amount of professional decorum you can have about you know implanted vibrator and <laughs> so yeah you, people kind of chuckle a little bit but they were they were you know it gets kind of scary because you can perforate your uh, your intestines that way oh, my sister-in-law uh, by doing this, yeah, pulled uh, out a tube of toothpaste from some teenage boy uh a tube of toothpaste up his ass and he was like I fell on it. Oh, it was oh. sitting upright on the toilet, and I sat down. It just went up in there. Uh-oh. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Uh, That's you're, gotta you're be. gay. We <laughs> <laughs> come up with funny excuses. Yeah. Most, most of the time, though, sadly, it's it's usually some some sort of psychiatric condition. Oh. You know, most of the, the couple people that I've treated usually they have schizophrenia you know, oh, or some sort of. Oh, geez, that you never told me that. You know, I mean, some sort of severe. Yeah, I mean, most sane normal people are not going to stick a vibrator or some other form of something up their rectum. So. Well, sometimes it just gets lost, you know? You sometimes you get yeah. a little overzealous. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing if I, you know, yeah. if my hand was just not attached to my body. I mean, God knows where it could be right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not always quite like that, you know? Everybody, uh, everybody isn't always kind of very sane and Whatever. Turns so. into a Chinese finger trap type of deal, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it, because you try to grab it and it'll just kind of keep going. More now, and are more. you saying? Wait, are some people? Are you saying that some people are doing it like knowing that they're going to have to go to the hospital? Some people do. Yes. Okay. Look for attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. You know, uh, you ever see a prolapsed asshole? I have. I saw. Um, what do you do? You just couple- shoot the victim in the head. <laughs> <laughs> You could actually just put sugar on it. That usually works. Really? Um, oh. yeah. Is that a euphemism for just giving a little kiss? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Just a little laughs> sugar. Step aside. I got this. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the like, you know, why like old old tricks that actually work. You just put some sugar on it, and it just usually retracts. It's I like think. killing a that's slug. It. That's for. That's for young people. Usually for older people, that doesn't really work so well. Oh, so. man. So the older doctor's office has, like, domino sugar next to, <laughs> you know, some cotton balls. Does that mean, yeah, is there sugar in all doctor's offices now? No, but you just go to the cafeteria and just ask for a boatload of sugar. That's amazing. A, a buttload of sugar. <laughs> and the cook's like, God damn, you got another prolapsed asshole. I don't got any more sugar left. I'm going to cook up here. <laughs> no, Eddie and I don't have health insurance. Yeah, yes. this, oh, thank you for bringing that up. I'm trying to get these guys some health insurance, Doc. Tell us, is health, ins- health insurance I know is terrible and it's a terrible system right now, but yes. should they get health insurance? Yes, I think that you are doing a disjustice, injustice for yourself by not having health insurance. And but why is it important? Was to happen to you? Then you know, it's my personal philosophy that people should have um, the you know, just like if you're driving a car around, that you're insured. I think that if you have a body, then you should have it insured. Mm. So if you go to the hospital or God forbid, you need some sort of medical care, that you, you don't have to pay for it out of pocket. So how much do they do for you? They do the bare minimum for you just to keep you alive if you have no insurance, correct? No, you get you get the you get the standard treatment, but then you'll get unfortunately now with the changes in medicine, you'll actually get the full uh, page like the actual full bill. It's one of the things that they're, they're trying to change. But say say you go to said cancer center and you don't have um, you don't have uh, health insurance. They'll charge you, for instance, $10,000 for your chemotherapy that you need to live. If you had health insurance, you only end up paying $5,000. That's because you are a part of the health care system. So the hospitals can't can't charge you as much for those kind of things. That's one of the things they're trying to change, but, Hmm. you know... um, you know, there's other ways around people who are below the poverty level. You can get emergency Medicaid, and sometimes hospitals end up just, you know, swallowing the bill and taking the hit, and 
you don't get paid for it at all. But, Doc, uh, we have a lot of, like, comedians, we have a lot of artists, a lot of our fans have maybe just lost their job, they maybe they're going to lose their insurance, or they maybe never had insurance because they're right out of college or they're students or something like that. What, uh, it sounds like, from what you said, it sounds like they can still just go to the fucking hospital and they'll still be fine, and maybe they won't ever pay a bill. That's right. They, they may never pay a bill, but there is a possibility that the hospital will, you know, send them a bill, and if they don't pay, they, they can get, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, like a credit thing? The credit thing, yeah, exactly. They'll send somebody after you for trying to get you to hound you for, for money and what and whatnot. I think in general, though, it's just a safer option for you. Um, God forbid something was to happen. Eventually, I think in this country, what will happen is everybody will have bare minimum health care or health insurance through the government. And then there will be a second tier of people who, if you want to have a higher level of care or you want like the Mercedes Benz of service or you want to have your operation done quicker or at a different hospital, then you will buy a second type of insurance and you'll pay a, a second premium to have that kind of care. Hmm. I think that's where eventually the system will go, but eventually everybody will be under the Affordable Care Act or some form of, uh, of uh, socialized uh, medicine because that's just kind of the direction that hospitals or healthcare is going in this country. So, Could you go through all your cancer treatment, build up this big bill without any insurance, and then afterwards just pay everything you could and declare bankruptcy? So, uh, elaborate you I love it. <laughs> could definitely do that. That's you know, I don't think declaring bankruptcy is kind of a, a an option for people. But yeah, there's a lot of reported cases of people going saying that they want to get X, you know, cancer treatment in the hospital. They'll go to like say MD Anderson or they'll go to one of the best cancer centers. They'll get treatment, but then they'll get a bill for eighty, ninety thousand dollars. And, um, you know, they say, hey, I can't afford this. They'll keep sending them bills uh, and they'll start tacking on interest. And then you mm. work that out with the hospital system. So but it's not a good situation to be in. No, absolutely I, not. I, 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 I realize that for people that are artists that are trying to get by, that it's difficult. But I think with the new Affordable Care Act and, and the, um, the health mandate, I mean, there's a lot of kind of push to kind of get everybody on board with healthcare. Um, we'll see if that's going to be the actual solution or if, the, if the individual mandate will be struck down or so, uh, what those things will change. So I think we, we've kind of really come to, I want to come to like the brighter side of, of just all of this, I think, to yeah. a certain degree, right? So I think the yeah. brighter, I mean, one of the things that I've always thought was awesome about what you do, and, and it's that you don't necessarily focus on the cosmetic. And a lot of the cosmetic stuff you do do, though, is to give kind of dignity back to or an ide- a sense of identity to a lot of these people that it was taken away from, whether it's through a car accident or cancer or some other thing. Yeah, I use, that's not really considered just that it might be semantic, but it's usually referred to as reconstructive surgery. So part of my training is cosmetic and reconstructive surgery. So cosmetic is one in which people, you know, are for cosmesis, and the other is reconstruction. Usually I just tell people it's fixing big holes, whether it's a hole in your chest or there's a hole in your face or skull or wherever that may be. And so you- part of... Yeah, part of reconstruction entails, you know, trying to help people who have these holes somewhere on their body. So. 
Have you had someone just like smile, like after the surgery, smile and say, "Thank you, doctor, you've saved my life." Oh, absolutely. That's the best. That's the best part. I, I don't necessarily save save lives. I make lives better. Yeah. Um, that's what I try to tell people. I, I make know, hits, can- bitch. Yeah, <laughs> your cancer, your cancer doctor, really saves your life. But I will make your life, or I will try to make your life better, so that you can get by um, the rest of your life. And that's what I try to do. I try to pe- make women feel more uh, feminine, kind of give them their identity back. Um, I try to help people who've had cancer removed from someplace in their body, kind of be comfortable enough to go outside. Um, and you know, and if, if God forbid if somebody has a complication, I try to get them through that complication. Yeah, you and you fix your little brother's nose. I'm coming yeah. to fucking see you over that shit. Yeah, I, I, I will unfortunately not break my policy of not operating on my family members, but yes, I will find someone who can fix your broken nose. So yeah, whatever. No problem. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You don't need it. You look great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I just think you're going to say that to me every night before I go to bed. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a, the, one of the, the main brighter side is, you know, patch, plastic surgery is a bad rap. You know, because uh, yes, the only thing absolutely. people think of is Nicole Kidman's tortured eyes. You know, yeah. you know, but you know, the, the the truth is, I mean, this is you know what helps people get on. What helps people have confidence to go into job interviews and stuff like that is you know, you know, fixing a problem. You know, because some people they got fucked up faces or through an accident or maybe you're born fucked up, and you know, it's good to, if you need it for your own mental stability. You know, please go get it. Yeah, you got to find a way to make your life. You got to happy. Happiness comes from inside, and, and if you need to change a little bit of the outside to help the inside, then you know you got to yeah. do it. And what are you going to get fixed, Julia? Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to chop off those uh, those <laughs> uh, feminine menorahs? I'm, not, I'm waiting for you to find that doctor to make my feet smaller. I thought that's what you're doing. <laughs> well, in China, they bind them yeah, together. Yeah, I wish I would have done that. Yeah. She's been born in China. I was born yeah. in <laughs> But, you know, at least now, like, you get to ski for free. Right. <laughs> Anywhere, anytime. <laughs> well, this has been great, guys. She's yeah. great at recycling soda cans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, man, thanks so much for uh, hanging yeah, out man. with us on a Saturday night, you know. Are Doc, you, yeah, I'm very no, no, I'm very proud of you. You're a yeah, wonderful thanks. older brother. You taught me a lot about weird music and and a lot of other stuff. And then you became a, a successful surgeon. So or the very the family's proud. And I'm happy you were on the show tonight. <laughs> thanks for fixing my uh, my nuts, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for the drugs. We all thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, thanks yeah. for having me on your show. Oh uh, man, good good luck out there in Detroit. We're all rooting for Detroit. We wanted to come back. Well, I figure once it comes back, you'll be out of work. Yeah. It's going to take a little while, but go Detroit. Everybody's for Detroit here. So. Nice, nice, nice. All right, man. Thank you so much. And uh, we will... Uh you don't have anything to press. You're just a normal doctor, you know. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have to worry about we don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> Got any shows coming up? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want anyone? Where can we go read your papers? No, no, I don't want to do that. But I would just try to tell everybody, you know, try to live your life like you're going to live like a long time, and treat your body well, and Aww. you know, be happy with everything. How bad and, is weed you know, for you? <laughs> I, I I will tell you that anytime you smoke, it's not the greatest. So. Yeah, uh, there we go. 
Yeah, no go. matter what. All right. There you go. It's a very political right. answer. Love you, buddy. Okay. Love you, dog. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Bye. great yeah. to see you Thank again. You. Come visit us, man. We miss you. Yeah, I'll be up in New York sometime soon, guys. Take care. Be well. Stay safe. Mm. Fuck Thank yeah. You. Peace Bye. out, doc. All right. That was the brighter side. Ahmed Larson at Eddie Tunes underscore Amber Nelson at Amber Smelson. Uh, Cena John at SJ Good. Julia, what's up with you, you fucking oh, my jerk? Uh, it's Hey Julia Johns at at Hey Julia Johns, and you got anything coming up? You uh, you hosting any shows or? Uh, I have a show the first Sunday of every month in Fort Greene at the Great Georgiana. Also, oh, great. Yeah, and then if you got time, check out Julia Johns' uh, web series with the great Jackie Zabrowski and uh, Sharon Paul, Girls Are Roommates. It's yeah. a super oh. fun show, and they're yeah. about to uh, start a second season yeah. with uh, Sam's husband, so that's all very exciting <laughs> for everyone in the room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Samantha, Sam, your Twitter, at Sam, Samantha Wirtz? No. Oh, no, 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 not on <laughs> no, Twitter. No, no. no, no not no, happening. No. Nope. Yeah. What would it take to get I'm, to get you a Twitter handle? Well, Amber's following somebody at Samantha Wirtz. Oh shit! Oh. Yeah, no, it's yeah, some it's black chick. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I wonder why how some black chick got the last name Wirtz. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I hate that Ed Larson scientist dude who's fucking still on top of me on Google. That piece of shit. We gotta fucking take this bastard down. He's done too much good for the world. But uh, that's it for the show. Uh, taking us out tonight is my good buddy and your good buddy, Harry Nilsson. His most popular song, Everybody's Talking. It is such a wonderful, happy song. I heard it on the subway today. And uh, you, you guys, you know, think about surgery. If you got to go get it, go get it. Get on top of it. Be good to yourself. You know, it's uh, it's America. You know, it, it, you know, live with the 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 profit of being here. You know, if you if you want to get yourself fixed, it's socially acceptable to fix yourself. So go out there and get it done. You know, it's not like you're living in some fucking third world country where you got to like pray that it comes out not looking like a goddamn statue. You know, you get it fixed, and if it don't look bad, you can go back. And but you go too much, and you're gonna end up with a fucking thing falling to your knees. And don't go if somebody's making you go. You go for your own self. Yeah, go for yourself. All right, everybody, we love you. Adios. Thank you for coming, Julia. I'm going where the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.